Hey guys, Dr. Anne-Marie Barter here, and today I want to do a quick video and podcast on an overwhelming question that we're getting and that I address every single day in practice, which is, why am I bloated? Are you struggling with bloating, gas, constipation, and fatigue, but don't know what's causing these problems? The Gut Health Reset Podcast with Dr. Anne-Marie Barter dives deep into the root causes behind these issues that start in the gut. This podcast will give you the knowledge you need to heal your gut and reset your health. But here are some of the top reasons that you could be bloated. And this is a shortened list, so it can be more than that. And so we're gonna do some follow-up videos, but we wanna take this in smaller bite-sized pieces. Abdominal bloating is commonly reported by both men and women of all ages. So it can affect you if you're really small, I've seen really young kids with a lot of bloating, to elderly adults. It can be across the board. And it's just very unpleasant and irritating complaint that I would say about 90% of my patients come in with. That's one of their five complaints on the front page. And a lot of times there's no rhyme or reason to the reasoning that they're experiencing bloating or when it happens. Bloating actually occurs with nearly all patients that have irritable bowel syndrome or have been diagnosed with irritable bowel syndrome. And... The main problem with this is that there's not just one management solution on bloating because you have to get to the cause of what's actually causing the bloating and sort of untease and decide what it is for you because every person that presents with bloating um, does not have the same resolution. So we have to figure out what it is for you specifically. There was a survey that was done and they found that 31% of the U.S. population is actually functionally bloated and 90% of patients with IBS are bloated. And so that is miserable and that is an incredibly high number. So the first thing I want to dig into, because there's a common misconception around this, is what is bloating? Bloating is defined as abdominal distension or like maybe a little bit of a food belly baby there um, more than three times a month, three times a month. Okay. That is considered bloating. And so a, a lot of times I hear patients say, Hey, well, I'm really not that bloated. It doesn't happen to me every day, or it doesn't necessarily happen. It only happens to me once a week. It's not that big of a deal, but it still is a symptom. And your body is trying to tell you something and it's screaming that it needs to be addressed. And symptoms don't go away. They continue to build on each other until maybe you have bloating and then you have gas and then the bloating becomes more frequent. And it just becomes very uncomfortable. Um, and so it's something that needs to be addressed. Some patients with bloating only get bloated at the very end of the day and then they wake up the next day and their stomach is flat. Um, so. It is very variable when people are getting bloated and how people are getting bloated. So let's talk about some of the common things that can be contributing to your bloating and maybe some steps that you can kind of tease out potentially what's going on. The first one is it could be something that you're eating, which is pretty common. So I wanna go through the most common inflammatory foods first with you that, um, that can be at the root cause of your bloating. And the 
big ones that I like to rule out first are dairy or lactose intolerance, grains, wheat sensitivity, or even celiac disease. The first thing that I like to do is I put people on an elimination diet for 30 days when they come into my office. And it's it's like an AIP diet. And so what we focus on are protein, fruits, and vegetables. Um, and the reason for that is, is because we pull out a lot of the common allergens that can contribute to the bloating. And at the end of the 30 days, we start to add those allergen foods back in and see what happens. So. In the 30 days, if you eat protein, fruits, and vegetables, and you feel great, then we know that something that you've eliminated is contributing to your problems. So for example, at the end of the 30 days, the first thing that you reincorporate is cheese. Let's say you do a hard cheese and you feel okay. And the next week you incorporate a soft cheese and you feel bloated. So there can be within, for example, the dairy community, there could be some things that are actually bothering you more than other things are bothering you. So I recommend a slow incorporation back in and also to keep a food journal of how you're feeling. Um, a lot of times what folks do, a big mistake that they make when they are incorporating food back in is they will incorporate, for example, pizza. And that pizza maybe has wheat and cheese and some other things that maybe you're reacting to. And then they don't know what was actually the major cause of the bloating. So that's the first thing. So I would encourage you to do step-by-step. Step. When we're doing more of an elimination diet, I also like to do organic fruits and vegetables just to limit the chemicals that you're being exposed to. I also like to do um, a free range, you know, chicken, an organic chicken, um, grass-fed, grass-finished beef, and uh, freshwater fish. The reason for that is they're higher, especially the beef and the fish, they're higher in omega-3s um, versus omega-6. So omega-6 is very pro-inflammatory and it creates inflammation in our body and, and contributing to our gut. So if we can limit that inflammation down and really see how these foods are affecting us, then we can get a good idea if anything that we're eating on a fairly regular basis is contributing to our discomfort, or potentially are bloating. So just to summarize, eliminate a lot of inflammatory foods for 30 days. At the end of the 30 days, you're going to slowly reincorporate, but you're also going to keep a journal of how you're feeling and what might be causing some bloating or some discomfort. The second common cause for bloating is constipation. It is a huge reason for bloating. And most people don't know that they're, they're constipated. So you really need to fully eliminate your bowels at least once a day. And that doesn't mean little pebbles. And that doesn't mean going multiple times in the morning. You should be able to have a bowel movement and feel like you're fully eliminated for the most part. Okay. And so what I like to, um, you know, equate this to is you've cleaned your house. You've just scrubbed it down. You've cleaned everything, but you never decided to take out the trash. And if you don't take out the trash, guess what? You know, there's fruit flies in the house. Maybe it smells a little funny. And the same thing is going on with your gut. So that means that things can ferment in your gut. You can overproduce some bad bacteria. Things can slow down. And so we want to make sure that we are fully taking out the trash 
every single day so that we have the correct and the appropriate microbiome and we don't get an overgrowth of opportunistic bacteria that could potentially have an impact on our bowels and also make us feel more bloated. So we want to be able to have a fully eliminated bowel movement every day where we feel a flatter stomach. Um, it should come out in one string versus itty bitty pellets. And so the first thing that we'd like to try if you're having some trouble with your bowel function is number one, increase your water intake. Um, and a lot of times, especially in the summer, we tend to get electrolyte deficient, especially for those folks that are drinking enough water. And, you know, in other places on YouTube, you've probably heard about magnesium, et cetera. Um, and that definitely can help move the bowels. But another one that is really important for eliminating the bowels and helping with muscle contraction, another electrolyte is actually potassium, which we don't hear as much about. So that is going to help your smooth muscles contract in your gut to move things through. There's actually a disorder called paralyzed gut when we don't have enough potassium in our body to create that gut brain connection. So number one, make sure you're drinking enough water. And number two, if you're sweating a lot, make sure that you have enough electrolytes. Potassium is a really simple test that is run on your blood work. So if that is low, we know that that can be a, contributive co a contributing cause to bloating, to sluggish, sluggish digestion. Hey, this is Dr. Anne-Marie Barter. Have you ever spent hours searching for the right supplements to heal your body? And when you finally found them, maybe you weren't sure it was a brand that you could trust or if the products were safe. After hearing about these issues time and time again, I decided to put together a complete store of supplements for healing and supporting your gut at dranmariebarter.com. There are supplements for constipation, thyroid health, gut health, energy, and so much more. There are bundles created for sleep support, pain support, histamine support, and the list just goes on and on. These supplements I use personally, or I've handpicked because they've worked time and time again on countless cases in the office. And on the website, you can see what ingredients we use to put your mind at ease. If you visit dranmariebarter.com and use the promo code podcast to get 10% off your next order. So what are you waiting for? Go visit Dr. Ann Marie Barter and get 10% off your supplement bundle. Ciao. And now back to our episode. Fiber is the next thing that can contribute to constipation. We really need about 20 to 50 grams of fiber per day. Most Americans on average get about 10 grams of fiber. So it's way below where it really needs to be to feed that good bacteria in our gut microbiome. So the first step would be to maybe increase fruits and vegetables and see how you're feeling. Now, in some people, that's gonna make them more bloated. And that means that there's another issue going on. In other people, it's gonna be the key to really moving their bowels. And that is just simple, hey, if we increase your fiber, then guess what? You're gonna have a much easier bowel movement. We're gonna feed that good microbiome and that good bacteria to really build that back up. 
So let's say that it makes you more bloated. If fiber makes you more bloated, then we know that you're probably feeding pathogenic bacteria. And if you're feeding pathogenic bacteria, then that is going to make you more bloated. There's a commonly known condition called SIBO or small intestine bacterial overgrowth. And what happens with SIBO is this completely slows down your gut. It's been found in about 80% of IBS patients. And you feel worse when you eat a lot of fruits and vegetables. It doesn't really matter what you eat, you get bloated. And I think the first line of defense is to figure out if you have SIBO um, and eradicate the um, high amounts of bacteria so that you feel less bloated. And generally that's done through specialized testing. So if you increase your fiber, you feel worse, there's probably an underlying infection that is going on that actually needs to be addressed first. Another thing that is going to contribute to bloating is not having enough good bacteria in your gut. And there's a lot of things that will cause a depletion of good bacteria. One of the ones that I have seen just be pretty major is chronic long-term stress really depletes your good microbiome and good bacteria. So a lot of times the, um, the lactobacillus family and the bifido family are very helpful for, um, for treating constipation and for helping with that. So if you don't have enough of that good bacteria, you can feel bloated. And so some people like to try a probiotic. Some people like to try fermented food. Again, if those things make you better, then you're probably depleted. If those things make you worse, then you probably have a low-grade infection going on. Again, that needs to be diagnosed from um, specialized lab testing to figure out, hey, is this contributing to some of the functional bloating that's going on in your gut? And the, the last thing we're going to talk about today is um, digestive enzyme insufficiency, specifically pancreatic enzymes. Pancreatic enzymes lead to a huge increase in bloating. And the reason for that is because if you're not, if you don't have enough of these pancreatic enzymes, it pulls a ton of water into your intestine and specifically your small intestine. And what happens is, is you get very, very bloated as you're trying to digest these foods because of all the water that's pull, pooling in there. And a lot of folks get massive loose stools or massive diarrhea, and they just do not feel good. So, um, you know, digestive enzyme insufficiency, specifically pancreatic enzyme insufficiency. So those are a few things that can contribute to some of the bloating. The list is not comprehensive. I want to keep it short. We will do a follow-up on some other things that can cause some bloating here, but I just did not want to give you just an exhaustive list. These are pretty common things. Um, if you want to hear more of something, please let us know below in the comments. It was awesome to be with you guys today. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Gut Health Reset Podcast. Please make sure you subscribe, leave a rating and a review so more people can hear about the podcast. And hey, take a screenshot of this episode and tag Dr. Anne Marie on Instagram or Facebook at Dr. Anne Marie Barter. And for more resources, just visit DrAnneMarieBarter.com.